Hello and welcome to the Series Learns podcast, hosted by Series Unified School District Superintendent Dr. Scott Siegel and Deputy Superintendent Dr. Denise Wickham. This monthly Q&A addresses topics related to education and their impact on Series students, families, and staff. To ask a question for a future episode, email communications at series.k12.ca.us. Now your hosts, Scott and Denise. Hello and welcome to Episode 6 of Series Learns. In this episode, Denise and I will check in on how things are going now that all CUSD students are back in classrooms on at least a hybrid schedule for secondary and full-time for elementary. We also have a big announcement to share with you regarding graduation and promotion ceremonies for our classes of 2021. So please be sure to stay tuned throughout the podcast for some exciting news. Well, that does sound intriguing, Scott. Before we delve into what that exciting news might be, let's update our listeners on the past few weeks. A lot has happened. You mentioned already that all of our students are back in classrooms. In fact, elementary returned to full-time schedule last week, and for secondary students, their hybrid schedule expanded to full days this week. Those are both things that we are incredibly happy to see. It's so important for our students to have access not only to in-person instruction, and that is important, but also to the support systems that are available for them at school. That's right, Denise, and we'll talk more a little later in the episode about the services and supports available to students following the past year of distance learning and as we look toward the coming school year. Yes, there's lots to share on that front. Other encouraging news is that the vaccine eligibility has expanded to all California residents ages 16 and up. The governor has also announced plans to lift the tier restrictions by mid-June. So things are definitely looking promising. Does that mean that it's time to throw away our masks? Well, Denise, no, it actually is not time to throw away our masks yet. Although the announcement made by the governor is quite promising for what we can look forward to in the coming months in terms of restrictions lifting, the one thing that is very clear is that mask wearing will be with us until the pandemic has eased to a point that cases are down to almost zero. Now, our listeners may have heard that there's a surge of numbers happening, particularly worldwide, but at least in parts of the United States as well. That's not happening in California right now, and that appears to be because of a very potent combination of mask wearing and vaccinations. So that brings me to vaccinations, and I want to let our listeners know that vaccines are available. The lines are much shorter than they were earlier, and so the people can go get those without having to wait in line for two or three hours. We are also planning for those students who want to be vaccinated and are eligible. You have to be over 16. We will have clinics at our two high schools, and that's being arranged for some time in the next week or two. So now that our secondary students are back on a hybrid schedule, do you have any information on how that schedule is going? Yes, Denise, I do. I talked to several of our principals just a few minutes ago, and they let me know kind of how things had looked at lunchtime and how their perception of the days had been. They've only been back for two days on the full-day hybrid as of this recording. Their systems are working well. Students are staying masked. Students are staying, for the most part, far enough apart to prevent the spread of infection. Lunches are a little challenging, but they seem to have that work out. So we're looking to assess over the next couple of weeks how the full-day hybrid is going, just as we did for the part-day hybrid. The one thing that made us go to the full-day hybrid was that we were seeing no evidence of transmission of the virus in classrooms. And we continue to see that. We are going to push forward in the beginning of May to a full day, every day of instruction for all students. So in other words, we will be off the hybrid and back to full-time regular instruction. Again, for that to happen, we have to see evidence that there is not spread in classrooms. 
So with us possibly returning to full day every day in a couple of weeks after we have gone through the hybrid schedule, what does that look like for the number of students inside classrooms? So inside classrooms, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge because of the numbers of students. One thing that's unique in our district compared to other districts in the county is how few of our students are on distance learning. At the secondary level, it's less than 5%. It may actually be less than 4% of our students who are on distance learning, meaning that when we reopen to all students every day, our class sizes will be down on average about one kid per class maybe two. That's not a huge reduction. And so we will have 30, 31, 32, 33 kids in a class. And it will not always be possible to maintain the three feet of distance that the guidance suggests. But what the guidance actually says is three feet to the extent possible. So we have desk shields available and we can spread students out as much as possible, but we're not going to let a few inches of separation stop us from bringing back every student every day. Again, so long as we see continued evidence that there is no spread inside classrooms. So with the return of students possibly to full-time instruction before the year ends, what supports are available this year with the additional COVID relief funding that we've received from both the state and federal dollars? So Dr. Wickham, in addition to our normal mental health services that are available for students, our learning directors, and all the things that we have in place for students under normal times, because of COVID relief dollars, we have extra tutoring resources available should students need it. We have mentoring services available. And I would suggest that parents, if they're interested in any of those services, contact your high school or junior high school learning director, and they can help you. At the elementary schools, if you're interested in tutoring, please contact your site administration and they can help get you set up with that. We want to support our students and we have resources available to do that, both in their mental health and well-being and in their academics. I also know that you are working on things for next year when you're going to be the superintendent and I'm going to be retired using a large stream of federal and state dollars that's coming our way. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've got planned? Absolutely, Scott. I'd like to begin with our Super Summer Academy. We are certainly encouraging all of our students to participate at all levels in our Summer Academy. We have been able to hire the majority of staff from our own teaching ranks, and we're very excited about that. The summer school program will encompass opportunities to accelerate learning, but also recreational, social, emotional creative opportunities for our students who have missed out on so much of their schooling during this school year. So that's to begin with. For next year, we've already hired additional intervention teachers for every single elementary site, which includes a specific focus on mathematics. We already have intervention teachers in the area of English language arts, and we feel that our students could also use support in mathematics. We're hiring additional paraprofessional support throughout the district. Paraprofessionals can help not only with academics, but certainly with behavioral needs, especially for our youngest students who have yet to experience school and helping them adjust to what school looks like and what is appropriate behavior like lining up and eating in the cafeteria and playing with their friends. We've expanded the learning director positions at the junior high schools on a temporary basis for the next couple of years using this COVID relief funding to help our students who transitioned briefly into junior high and are already transitioning now into their high school years. So having additional support to help these young teenagers into their transition into high school is certainly necessary. We also have additional sections at both our junior highs and our high schools 
to provide interventions and additional support for students that need it and for students that want it and need additional time to learn the content and the curriculum that they have missed out for that live instruction during this year. We have received millions of dollars. We have approached many of our stakeholder groups for input, and we're certainly taking ideas and information in order to spend this money wisely and knowing that this money is not ongoing and we need to have a way to recover when we're no longer receiving these millions of dollars of COVID relief funding. That's a lot of services and a lot of programs for kids. I've also heard that the district is looking into the possibility of installing internet Wi-Fi towers around the district. Is that true? Well, thank you, Scott. Yes, we have begun investigating the possibility of internet towers that would be constructed on our school campuses to provide that internet support, that bandwidth that our students would need when they're using our own Google Chromebooks. This year, we handed out hundreds of Wi-Fi hotspots to students throughout the district as they all needed access. And while that was a good thing for us to do at the time, it didn't solve all of the internet connectivity needs of our students. We know that technology is here to stay. While we certainly don't anticipate ever being on distance learning to the extent that we have been in the past year, We know that students will need access to usable and fast-working internet throughout their schooling, and we're hoping that we can work with the city and work with other industries in order to provide these internet towers for the benefit of learning for our students. So you said that technology is here to stay, but I know that I'm not here to stay, so looking forward to next year, and I won't be here, what can you tell our listeners about how next year will look? You are always welcome to come back anytime you want, and I look forward to inviting you to, if not participate in our podcast, to certainly listen to them, and I certainly hope you'll be an active listener on our podcasts. Next year, our students will be attending school full-time in person, and I cannot tell you how much we are all looking forward to that time. That being said, we know that our students will be hopefully full-time in person by the end of this year. And what does that mean? This is the exciting news. What does that mean for our promotion and our graduation ceremonies at the end of this school year? Yes, that's right, Dr. Wickham. We have exciting news with graduations and promotions. So first, we will be having them live. Now, that's the exciting part. There are going to be some limitations, and I want our listeners to really understand what those are so their expectations are in line with reality. We cannot have the graduation promotion ceremonies with as many people as we've had in the past. It's just too much gathering, and the public health department will not allow that, and nor will the California guidelines on how to run graduation ceremonies. And yes, they've put those out. So the first piece is that each graduate or promotee will be allowed to have two guests. Those guests will have to be registered and will be checked off a list when they enter the stadium or the location that the graduation or promotion is happening. And that is to allow us to do contact tracing if we need to, if there's somebody who was infected at the ceremony inadvertently. The next piece is that the ceremonies will be live streamed to allow people who are not able to attend to view them. So people can rest assured that if you don't have as many tickets as you want, you can at least watch it live. The graduates and promotees will go across the stage We're still working on exactly how they'll be given their diploma covers or promotion pamphlets, but that will happen in some manner. The board will not be able to shake hands, but the board will be there to watch the students go. We also want to let people know is that each school will be hosting its own ceremony. 
So our junior highs who used to be at the high school locations will actually be at the home junior high school location. And that is what our changes are on tap. More information to come for those of you who have 8th graders and 12th graders on exactly how those ceremonies will work. Well, that's it for this episode of Series Learns. We appreciate you, our listeners, tuning in, and we invite you to send us your questions for future episodes at communications at series.k12.ca.us. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Mm-hmm.